0: Our country vowed to never forget 21 years ago, but those words require action. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has over 80 runs, walks, and climbs across America every year, plus dozens of more golf outings and barbecues you can be part of. There are so many ways that you can take action. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, torg Y'all, just just give me a moment while I I prepare myself and let off some of this energy that I have after watching this episode a million times already. Okay, okay. Whew. Let me tell y'all something, bitch. This episode don't owe me nothing. Disney, you don't owe me nothing. Marvel, you don't owe me nothing. Kevin Feige, you don't owe me nothing. Bob Igor, you don't owe me shit. Matter of fact, when I get my next check, I'm sending Agatha, Wanda, and Vision. I'm sending y'all 30%. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tithe y'all, okay? I'm sending y'all my whole stimulus check. All 1400 Child. That's if uh Joe Biden and Kamala sent it to my ass. As soon as they send it, though, I'm giving it right to y'all. I don't even want it no more. Put that on production for the next episode. Now I know y'all normally spend like $25 million per episode, but just consider it a blessing, okay? Y'all, this is your weekly bonus episode of Me and You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2. Let's talk WandaVision episode 8. Let's do it. <laughs> Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives, and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! The episode opens up with Agatha being ushered to a stake and tied to it. You know how they did witches back in the day up, up in Salem. You know how they did... Her mother is actually like the HWIC, the head witch in charge. She asks her her if she's a witch, to which she responds, I am. The mother says, you've betrayed the coven. After her not being able to convince them, you know, that she uh, hasn't betrayed them, the witches are going to like surround her and they start shooting some kind of blue magic at her. Now, the coloring of all the magic that you see on this show is very important. Last week, if you remember, and this week on this episode, there, we can see Agatha using her magic. It's what we call dark magic, and it was purple. Wanda, every time you see her use that uh, like reddish kind of magic, that's called chaos magic, which is why Wanda is so powerful. All of these witches were shooting blue magic. They started shooting this blue magic at Agatha. For some reason, you know, Agatha is screaming. She feels this pain. But she actually absorbs it. Like you can see that uh, the color that is starting to turn is purple when it actually hits her. And we notice her dark energy, her dark magic taking over. All of a sudden, all of these witches drop dead and Agatha sucks up all their energy. I guess the mama said, child, I guess it's my turn. She jumps up in the sky. She, she, She floating and everything. Oh, she trying to give Agatha a taste. She shoots uh, the same kind of magic that all of them are shooting out. And it just, same scenario. Agatha absorbs everything that they're shooting. And then she blasts that area so huge, everybody passes out. In the black community, we say she aired that bitch out. She aired it out. When she walks over to her mother, I'm thinking it's supposed to be some kind of sad moment. She takes the brooch that we've been seeing her wear throughout this whole episode which means she's had it for hundreds of years takes the brooch snatches it off and puts it on herself and walks off back in real time well i guess they're in 2023 at this point wanda tries to read agatha's mind and agatha's like oh sweetie that's adorable your thoughts are available here she can't do that now so wanda just says you know well screw it where are my children what cracks me up is Agatha mocks her by saying the exact same thing. Where did my children, you know, in the accent that Wanda is supposed to have. For y'all that, that don't know, it's been kind of a running joke that Pietro and Wanda's accents were kind of in and out throughout this whole process. We don't know if they actually from Sokovia, if they from uh, the East Side Chicago, if they from the Bronx, New York. We really don't know. That accent comes and goes. They claim it's been there the whole time, but the fans are like, no, I'm not convinced of that. So I love how much on this show they've actually directly referenced this and have made a joke about it. Once again, she tries to use her magic against Agatha, but she can't because there are basic protection spells all on the wall, which means that only a witch that casts spells within those ruins can actually use her magic. So the one that actually put those spells up is the only one that can use it. So in that case, it's Agatha, not Wanda. So Wanda can't do anything in that territory, which Agatha is really surprised that Wanda doesn't know. We're getting the impression throughout this whole episode that like, even though we know in the comics that Wanda Maximoff is the Scarlet Witch, it seems like Agatha... Maybe the witchcraft that she practices, or at least in a lot of the retcons, is a lot more traditional when we think about witches, whereas opposed to whatever Wanda does, isn't necessarily a learned craft, something that she just, you know, a mutation, if you will. Y'all know I, I won't go miss a chance to use that word, you know, a little mutation, you know, I'm just saying. Side note. The CGI on this show is amazing. I definitely, like, I'm able to see at every turn how they spent their $225 million budget on this show. Everything from, like, Wanda floating and, like, being tossed around the room and uh, being bound by the, the uh, purple magic that Agatha uses, all of it is chef's kiss. Like, they use the hell out of their CGI throughout this entire episode. If you before haven't been able to see where that budget has gone, you definitely saw in this episode. And I'm guessing most of that budget is gonna be used on the finale next week. Also, I love that we finally have a nickname for Evan Peters' character Pietro. Because, you know, he's not the Pietro that we know in the MCU, but the one here. She calls him Pietro, because he's the fake Pietro, you know, a little amalgamation of the name. You know, I love that, okay. So from now on, he's never gonna be Pietro again. He's gonna be Fietro. I like that a little better. She says that she used Pietro's body, kind of. Like, she used his eyes and his ears to spy on Wanda, basically. She always found a way to know when to show up at the right time and uh, what was going on in her life. She was always spying somehow, but she was only using the eyes and ears of a lot of people. She couldn't use the real Pietro, she points out, because his body, you know, was full of holes on a whole nother continent. Now, child, she didn't have to say that rude, nasty, dirty shit, but she said it anyway. I know it kind of tickled me a little bit, but uh, anyway, you ain't had to say that shit. Agatha uses some kind of beetle, and she casts a spell on it. It's some kind of mind control spell to try to figure out how exactly Wanda cast these illusions as she says she talks about how all these illusions are just like all over the place magic on autopilot is a term that she uses she wants to know how the hell this is possible but she wanda don't know she don't know what she did to do all of this Agatha said, oh, you, you must think I'm one of these regular bitches, okay? She slung Wanda's ass all across their room using their dog magic that she uses. And now remember, I told y'all it's important to remember the color of magic that people use on this show. She's slinging her all around with that purple energy that she has all across that room. And now since uh, Wanda want to play games, according to Agatha, Agatha's got to take her on a journey through her past, starting all the way back to her childhood, right before that Stark industry bomb goes off in their neighborhood or apartment, wherever. Why does Wanda comply? Because her kids are still stashed away in the basement. You can actually hear their voices in the distance asking for help, Billy and Tommy. Neither one of them can get free of whatever kind of uh, spell or whatever chambers, prison, whatever act is doing to them. Neither one of them can actually get free. Listen. Agatha is funny as hell to me. <laughs> I've always thought that Catherine Hahn was a hilarious comedic actress, but her dry humor as Agnes is so fucking funny to me. When they walk into the apartment that all the Maximoffs lived in when Wanda was a child, she comments on the quote-unquote lovely Cold War aesthetic. <laughs> now, child, look, that apartment, uh, that apartment was looking a little dingy, dirty, dusty, in the words of Mariah Huck. Agatha... Should have walked in there and told uh, <laughs> told Wanda's mama, "Ooh, girl, go and get your shoes. It's gonna find you a home." Well, look, it's not lost on me either. In the background, it was a white refrigerator. Look, we gonna move on because this is not a reality TV episode. This is a WandaVision recap. Okay, still in this flashback or this whatever it is, this uh, this creation of Agatha's to kind of take Wanda on the journey to her past. Wanda's dad. Walks into the apartment and I know everybody watching this was like, Ooh bitch, okay, is that Magneto? Or, or who is there? You know, what's happening? You know, we all trying to look. Look, her daddy didn't give off no uh no mutant vibes, okay? He gives me, you know, kind of bald head hoe vibes, but not necessarily mutant vibes, you know. He's a VHS salesman, apparently. I I wasn't sure that, that was actually a thing. Like, I don't remember that back in the day, you know, and you know, I used to be in Blockbuster down. I was in Blockbuster every weekend. I don't remember, I don't remember a VH1 salesman like door-to-door being a thing, but I don't know. They use these DVDs to kind of, or not DVDs, VHS is to learn English. It's what they do every single night. They'll watch them in uh, English and they'll really, you know, uh, kind of learn the language that way, which I guess explains, I don't know. They never really had broken English, but... I maybe it explains their fading accent they have. <laughs> uh when they open his brief clay, his briefcase, we kind of get a glimpse into why this entire show and why Wanda's Westview reality are actually a thing. The briefcase contains I Love Lucy. There's Bewitched. There's Malcolm in the Middle. There's the Addams Family. There's Who's the Boss? There's I Dream a Genie. It's on this, this exact moment that Pietro enters loud as hell and he calls for Wanda. He calls for Wanda and Agatha basically pushes her into the scene and now she's a child again. She gets to pick what they watch. She specifically picks season two, episode 21 of the Dick Van Dyke show. Apparently, this show was her favorite because the collection didn't even come out of the briefcase. They had that hidden in a closet somewhere. So I guess they watched this one pretty often or it was, you know, her favorite. It was prized. I don't know. But it was some significance to that. It's also kind of important to note, though, that there's like a whole war going on outside, which explains, you know, why in a few moments a bomb is going to come crashing through the window. Now, let's kind of talk about the significance of of the Dick Van Dyke show, episode 21 of season two. Now, is there any significance? I don't know, but they said it, and you know, I'm crazy as hell. You know, I got to uh, entirely kind of go off the rails of this podcast and theorize because this isn't a show. This is my life. as quad web lunch for <laughs> That episode online, when I had, I had to look, I used to love the Dick Van Dyke show. I loved all of the Nick at Knight shows. This episode is called My Husband is a Check Grabber. Now, keep that in mind. Season 2, episode 21. The name of the episode is My Husband is a Check Grabber. On that episode, Laura is mad because Rob always picks up the check when they go out to dinner with his friends. He doesn't change his behavior until he actually sees that his son is doing the same kind of stuff. So, when I hear this, I'm kind of wondering, like, okay, is this some kind of foreshadowing in terms of vision and his behavior and like maybe it's affecting billy and tommy in the finale maybe or maybe it's about like a wife complaining about her husband which we know that wanda has been doing which is actually why she hasn't let him come back yet remember in the last episode him and darcy had all of those different roadblocks for him actually getting home she did not want him to return to the house now see on the actual episode of wandavision what, when they actually are watching this episode, they show the title of the episode on screen. The name of the episode is It May Look Like a Walnut, which is actually season two, episode 20 of the Dick Van Dyke show. Now, see, that episode makes a lot more sense when you're thinking about WandaVision. On that episode, they're basically like... Think about the scrolls in Captain Marvel. They've inhabited the Earth. You know, they've inhabited... And and Rob is under the control of what they call, you know, science fiction. (laughs) And he thinks that a walnut is going to steal his imagination. And they don't have any thumbs and all this kind of stuff. It's a whole lot. But look, we know Vision is definitely under some science fiction called chaos magic. But at the end of the episode, just like young Wanda says... It's all just a bad dream. As they're watching all of these very beautiful love scenes on the show, boom, explosion. To me, it kind of symbolizes Wanda and Vision's basically entire life together. Every time they find each other, Vision is taken away from her. We then see the scene from like the perspective of what we already learned in Age of Ultron where the tired ass Stark Industries bomb lands in their apartment, but it doesn't go off. It looks like Wanda actually like tries to stop it with her powers, but (laughs) it was actually defective. Apparently, Agatha said that that didn't explain enough. So now they've actually got to go to a different part of her memories, which is when Strucker and all those guys, basically age of Ultron, that whole testing facility that they had, they had to go there. All these places where they were doing those experiments and all these different people and people were dying and Wanda and Pietro were the only ones that were kind of able to actually come out on the other side alive I was about to say this is actually my favorite scene of the episode, but damn it, I feel like all of them were my favorite scene. I just I just loved it. I don't it was just it was that bitch. I don't know. Here we actually see that it's Wanda's turn to go into the chamber and basically interact with what we all call as Marvel fans Loki's Scepter. You remember he stole it back in the first Avengers movie and has used it ever since to kind of terrorize everybody. Now, for those of you who don't know, his scepter actually contains the Mind Stone, which is one of the six Infinity Stones. You know what uh, Thanos was going around collecting in Infinity Wars and in Endgame, what wiped out half of existence, not on Earth, in the entire universe, wiped it out, which is how Wanda and Vision basically have their powers, at least in this iteration, you know. Don't these two characters have been retconned so many times that but for the sake of this, this is how they have their powers. Okay, if y'all don't know retcon, I've said it on this podcast before. But just in case you haven't been listening to all of my WandaVision recaps, retconning in comic books is when you give a character a different origin than what they've had by like a previous writer. So one uh, let's take like, oh, boy, who can we take? She wouldn't take Scarlet Witch, really. There are so many iterations of this character where, like, you know, a lot of us are hoping that Magneto is her father in the MCU, but we don't know if that'll actually happen. You know, uh, some say that uh, she was raised by Bovine in the comic. You know, it's, it's all different types of things. And, you know, where she pulls her magic from and uh, her actual skill set and all this kind of stuff, it varies depending on what comic and what iteration you're actually reading at the time. There are two men behind the glass in the room that Wanda's in. And we hear that everyone basically that's tried this experiment so far has died immediately. But when Wanda walks in, the Mind Stone immediately, like she didn't have to like interact with it because I guess all the other people had to like go up and touch it. Maybe she, as soon as she walks in, the Mind Stone separates from the scepter. And when she goes to touch it, cause it floats towards her, when she goes to touch it, the kind of blue encasing exploded and it revealed the mind stone right then and there. This part of the scene is the most beautiful thing that I've like seen in the MCU. It's hands down one of the most visually appealing and it just gave me goosebumps when I saw it because I'm such a Scarlet Witch fan. They We see the Scarlet Witch, yes, like the actual Scarlet Witch in full attire from the comics, floating down from the stone towards Wanda. You can't really make out her face. You can kind of tell that it's Elizabeth Olsen in the costume, but she's just floating down in the, not the costume from like the, uh, What was that? The Halloween episode where we see the twins and Pietro all around town. Not that costume. It's like the perfect visually comic book accurate costume that we've seen. And you mostly see the silhouette of it. It is stupendous. We finally get this reveal. Man, oh man. See, that's the damn silhouette challenge that we deserve. See, y'all been on here uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Y'all been out here nasty showing y'all thing things and y'all stuff stuff and y'all Christmas when you could have just did like Scarlet Wish and just sold the silhouette of your outfit. Who am I to judge y'all nasty asses? When she sees this, Wanda immediately collapses. She doesn't faint, but it kind of makes it seem that the energy went directly into her and she actually survived it. They put her into isolation because, you know, she's the only one that survived. (laughs) So it's not really isolation. It's like, girl, let's put you over here because ain't nobody over there. What's funny is that every time they review the footage, it's just like when the people on the outside of Westview are watching the footage of the WandaVision show. The cuts are the exact same. They cut out stuff that shouldn't be seen by, like, I don't know, normal people or people that aren't shouldn't witness it i don't know however wanda is doing it it's the same thing that happens so when the scientists are now looking at this footage again to see what happened to the stone all they see is wanda walk in the room and collapse they don't see the stone float towards her they don't see the uh the blue hue that was around it like eviscerate and show the mind stone they don't see any of this they literally see her walk into the room and faint nothing else now y'all are gonna have to follow this next train of thought while Wanda is in that like little isolation that they have her in. She's of course watching TV and guess what's on TV, the Brady bunch. And guess what episode it is? The kitty carry all episode. See if y'all used to watch Nick at night, like me, then you at least remember the Brady bunch you remember, you know, Bobby, Cindy, Jan, Marsha, uh, Peter, whoever the hell else. Yeah. Um, you remember, The episode with Kitty all, it was Cindy's favorite doll. And Bobby was so sick of this doll, he just wanted to get rid of it. The tiger, who was it? Tiger? Was that the dog's name? Ends up taking it away and hiding it somewhere. And they didn't know that. So he thought he'd like wished it away. This is literally what WandaVision is about. These people that have this doll or these kids, you know, whatever. It's interchangeable. And have they've gone missing now wanda cannot find her kids the same way cindy can't find kitty carryall now i know y'all are thinking like okay that's a big fucking stretch is it though because in episode three when wanda was pregnant do you remember vision kept practicing changing uh pampers on a doll do y'all remember what doll that was oh who was it oh yeah it was kitty carryall now see where else are you gonna find a kitty carryall oh yeah in that brady bunch style house that they were in see that There are metaphors on top of metaphors, on top of similes, on top of uh, uh, (laughs) onomatopoeia in this show. You just got to be able to catch it. And I know y'all used to watch Nick and Knight like me, so y'all probably caught that too. Maybe not because I'm a psychopath. But if you didn't catch it, that's okay because I'm here to catch it all for you. Now we skip ahead to the next big portion of Wanda's life. We see her sitting in Avengers Compound. This is the first home that her and Vision have ever shared together. She is in a whole new country, all alone, and her brother had just died. Vision comes in the room and he starts to keep her company. They're watching Malcolm in the middle and she's, you know, kind of explaining everything to him. Her demeanor, though, is so sad. It's kind of hard to watch. It's so sad, but don't worry. Vision's going to lift it up. When he tries to understand one of the scenes where the roof collapses, you know, the dad on the show is fixing the roof and everything collapses. He said, is this funny because he got hurt? She said, no, he doesn't get hurt because it's not that kind of show. This explains why Wanda cuts everything from what they can see and only keeps the good stuff in. If you notice, Darcy and uh, Jimmy and Monica, every time they're looking at the footage, they only see a perfectly crafted episode. They never see the goof-ups and all this kind of stuff. Even when we know that Agatha goofed in one of the episodes, they didn't see that, though. They only see the perfect stuff. So Wanda knows what to leave in and what to take out on her TV shows. Letting you know that her TV show is gonna remain perfect. She's not doing that uh, sad ending and all that kind of stuff. She's making sure everything is just how she wants it. Wanda basically starts describing what we all know is depression. She says, it's like these waves of sadness that just keep coming over me again and again and again. She's talking about Pietro basically being the only thing that's ever really made her happy. That's the only family she's ever known for a long time. Vision says he's never experienced any of this, so he can't really relate to it because he's always been alone. He's never really loved. And then he hits her with that line. He said, you know, she's kind of lucky in a way because he says, what is grief but love persevering? You better come on, uh, Vision, Angelou. You better come on, Vision Morrison. That's some poetry for you, okay." This is the moment that it feels like they fell in love. I loved everything about this. If you weren't rooting for this couple before, you're definitely rooting for them now, which makes me feel like, I don't want to ruin anything, but it makes me feel like we're being set up for a very, very sad season finale. Oh boy, I'm not going to be able to handle that, but they, if, if that's the case, they set it up perfectly because that whole scene in that bedroom really gave us a peek we didn't know but prior to this we didn't really know much about vision and wanda's relationship the first kind of peek into it we got was all the way in infinity war when they were over in scotland by themselves they hadn't reported in anyone they had gone offline vision took its communication system offline they were just spending time with each other but we only got to see that for a few moments on screen so this gave us a whole nother peek into how their romance actually developed. He was always alone at the compound because he didn't have friends. He didn't know anything about what it was like to be a real person. She was brand new in a new country. Uh spoke the language but it wasn't her first language. Didn't know anyone. The one person that she's loved her whole life, Pietro, dead. She's here with new people and you know Tony, uh Cap, all of them, they're not always there. So It's really a life of loneliness. And the only thing that we know is that she has those movies and those TV shows to kind of keep her company. We actually see a stack of DVDs, I'm assuming DVDs, in her room when it looks like the exact same shows. I doubt she's kept those same VHS tapes that her dad had. But she probably went and got the newer versions like the DVDs or the Blu-rays or something. And now she's got all of those to watch whenever she feels sad. Agatha... Basically recaps everything that we've seen so far. And then she asks a very important question. What happens when he wasn't there to pull you back from the darkness? Vision was gone, but you wanted him back. See, now we're outside of sword and we get this scene from an entirely different perspective than what they gave it to us at first, than how they gave it to us at first. Wanda goes to the front desk and she can't get by. She just wants to give Vision a funeral. That's all. Just like a proper burial after she's finally back from being snapped. Keep in mind, they've had this body now for five years. It's only been a couple of years in our time, you know, real life. But it's been five years since everyone had been blipped or snapped or whatever, child. Hayward actually authorized her to come through. Now, it's important to note that, like, you know, they're saying, oh, let me buzz you through. And she's like, don't worry about it. And she uses her magic to basically burst open the door now if you're if you're picturing that original videotape that we saw I think in episode four or five maybe five that original videotape of her blasting through the doors to go steal the body that's where they got that from this scene though this scene this scene straight out of the comic books it was everything I needed in life howard and wanda talk for you know just a little bit and then he decides to let her see vision's body i love that they call him the vision though on the show well let me show you the vision and all that's how they did in the comic books too i just love little uh little references like that it feels very you know very meta i love that i love when people say meta i never use that in real life but it feels meta i don't know she looks down below and she's really confused about what she's actually witnessing. But after Hayward kind of explains it to her, she realizes it's Vision's vibranium body that's being sawed and prodded at and poked and being taken apart, basically. He said, We're dismantling the most sophisticated sentient weapon ever made. Which I guess which is I guess that's why the acronym SWORD, the name has actually changed in the MCU because you know. I think the W weapon and uh, what it is in the comic books has actually changed from comics to the MCU. And I guess that explains why, because they'll be handling stuff like the vision. (laughs) Wanda, literally the only thing she wants to do is bury him. Hayward, he kind of appears skeptical, but then he tells her, you can't just take a $3 billion machine. He's made out of $3 billion worth of vibranium. You can't just stick that in the ground. Wanda says, he's all I have. And then he said, well, <laughs> that's just it. He ain't yours. Now see, that's all Wanda needed to hear. That's like somebody, when you about to walk off and somebody, uh, you don't want to fight somebody. So you're like, you know what? I'm a mother now. I can't be out here in these streets fighting. Let me just go home. I'm sick of this kind of shit. And then when you walking off, somebody said, yeah, you better run, bitch. And it's like, oh, see, that that was all Wanda needed to hear. She screamed and she busted that glass Wide open, bust it, bust it open till I tell her bring you back. Then she was able to get up close and personal and after standing there for a while, she finally says, I can't feel you. I'm guessing she's always kind of been able to feel him because no matter what, they've always had the Mind Stone in common. It's been a common link between the two of them. And of course, with the Mind Stone at this point being destroyed, not envisioned anymore. Remember Thanos at the end of Infinity War, Grabbed Vision by the forehead and snatched the the, uh, Mind Stone right out of his head. Oh, boy. That was, this is, all this is just so sad. This episode, as great as it was, man, it just hit you with all the feels the entire 47 minutes. Which I, maybe the entire 15 minutes. Y'all know they be having 30 minutes worth of uh, commercials in this damn thing. Now, it's so funny to me that weeks ago when they showed that scene of Hayward showing the actual footage to the others of Wanda blasting through that door and going into the room with Vision's body, some of the criticism, at least among like the the comic book community, child, you know, we some damn snobs online. Not me, though. I actually give shit a chance, unlike them. They said that that scene didn't necessarily go far enough. You know, in the comics, uh, for those that don't know, they show Wanda going into the lab where Vision is, like, being torn apart, and ripped apart. It's, like, weird. Like, it, it looks nothing like Vision in the comic book. They have torn him down to, like, the bare essentials. On the show, at that point, it was literally, like, just her blasting her way into the room on camera, and then they lose visual feed. Like, all the seed is lost. See, Marvel gave y'all asses exactly what you want. You gotta be patient. Be patient with me. Come on, Cardi. I'm trying to tell y'all, you got to be patient when you're watching these shows. People act like they don't like a slow burn, but a slow burn, one thing about it, it always pays off. Child, not always. I don't know why the hell I just lied like that. But nine times out of 10, a slow burn will pay off. The important thing to remember is that Wanda leaves without Vision's body despite what Hayward was trying to get everybody to believe. Now we can officially confirm that Hayward is one of the bad guys. You know, we've suspected it all along. We've, we've thought it since the very beginning, you know, he just gives off those vibes. And then I told y'all I had just seen him on the episode of law and order SVU. And I don't want, you know, I don't, I don't want to typecast nobody, but he was low down and dirty. He was a bastard on there too. So we, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to put him in that box. But you in the box. You in the box. We see her. She drives back to the actual Westview. Now, this is before she's done anything or made this alternate reality. We see the TV show cast members all over the community, but they're the real sales. Everybody looks like super unhappy though. You know how basically people in real life now you walk around, no one's smiling. Everyone's just walking or everyone's just living. So child. maybe Wanda did them a favor. I don't know. No, no. Free will. Okay. I won't say she did them a favor, but child, they look a little happier. That's all I'm saying. Once Wanda gets to where she's trying to go in Westview, which is like this just empty plot of land. You can tell her there was about to be a house built there. She opens the letter that she's been riding around in and she pulls out a property deed at the center of it is a hand-drawn heart with a note from Vision that says, to grow old in, child. It's too much for her to handle, and she goes to the center of their plot. She drops to her knees, and she unleashes an insane amount of energy. We can just tell it's chaos, magic, shooting and flying everywhere. And now we finally see how that house was built, and we see how Westview the one that we've been seeing on this show was actually created. The energy blast is so big that she actually creates a new vision too. remember in uh, the trailer that dropped. We showed her like uh, blasting that energy and coming on up and seeing vision. That's what was happening. She was actually creating vision in that moment. Now, it's not the vision that we all accustomed to. You know, we saw his ass. He was. He was separated in about five, six, seven parts or somewhere, you know, he's scrap metal. They can put him in a car now. But the one she made, that's why about two episodes ago, he couldn't leave Westview. He actually had to stay in there. Remember when he finally escaped, he started falling apart. His energy started being sucked back in there and stuff. That's because it wasn't the vision that we know. It's literally a vision of her own creation. This entire time, we've been thinking that she had stolen his body when that wasn't the case. She actually created him entirely from memory, from uh, chaos magic, from whatever you want to say. She created him entirely from the ground up, which is why he can't survive outside of Westview. This entire scene, like everything as a whole, from her driving back to Westview all up until she turns black and white with the new vision that she created, so beautiful. It just shows you how beautiful the actual CGI work is, how grand the production is. Everything is just when Wanda is standing there in full color while everything else around her is black and white. I mean wow. Other shows without budgets like Disney would have made that moment would have looked so damn bad and uh and hokey and everything else. That looked like a work of art. Like that was the Mona Lisa. I've been so impressed with the CGI work that they've been doing on this show. Everything is just chef's kiss i love it boom back to agatha wanda is suddenly in a studio audience and a production set agatha is clapping she's standing like in the middle of the audience she says bravo and then she completely disappears suddenly wanda hears both of her twins screaming for help on the outside of the building Agatha, when she gets out there, Agatha actually has them on her dark magic leashes. (laughs) That's the best way I can describe it. Like literally some, she's floating in the air and she has both of the twins on the ground, but she has like leashes of dark energy connected right to them. And she's in full Agatha Harkness comic book accurate attire. Now, you know, we love to see it. We love to see that comic book costume costume. Anytime they'll give it to us, no matter what the character is, we'd love to see it. Agatha tells her how disgusted she is with her because she has the greatest power that she's ever seen before, but is using it to make breakfast for dinner. Girl, you better catch. Agatha throwing shades. She reading. She doing all of that. And she's having this, you know, this little boring-ass life, basically, with all that power she has. Then <clears throat> the moment that I loved Almost more than anything else in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This moment, Agatha says, your children, Vision, this whole little life you've made, this is chaos magic, Wanda. And that makes you, dun-dun-dun, the Scarlet Witch. Bitch! Listen. Just take my whole wig. scalp me. I don't even we I don't need a wig no more. Just I don't need I don't need a weave, a toupee, a bob, a, a bayang. I don't need none of that. Just leave me bald headed because Marvel snatches my shit every goddamn week. And I'm sick of wasting money on noose hairstyles if they just go leave me edgeless every single week. I love this moment. Whenever we get to hear, it two things. Whenever we get to hear someone's actual superhero name because if you didn't realize that I've called her Scarlet Witch multiple times on this podcast they have never said the words Scarlet Witch in the entire decade that uh Marvel has been putting out movies in the MCU never they've never called them that and we also love a comic book accurate costume we've now gotten two of those things from this one show let me tell you something WandaVision DC what are you doing? Like, there's no need to try to compete with Marvel anymore. Y'all are not the same. They are an alien. What are you doing? DC? I, uh, that brings us to the end of the episode though. But one thing I need to point out, unlike every other episode that we've seen, what was missing? Say it with me on three, one, two, three. There was no commercial. There was no commercial. Maybe because this is the first episode that actually didn't have anything to do with the actual TV show. Now we've gotten into Wanda actually living her life and trying to solve an actual problem. So there was no commercial break to take. But it was odd. It just felt weird that there was no commercial. But it made sense that there was no commercial. If there was one, that wouldn't have flowed nearly as naturally as all the other ones did. There was no commercial, but you know what there was? Another mid credit scene. We cut the Hayward and someone on the team tells him that uh, the team is ready to launch. He says that, you know, whatever, you know, he's basically tired of waiting. It's about time that they did this. He said they've put this thing together a million times and they've taken it apart a million times. We can't see what he's talking about, though. And all it needed was some energy from the source. When he says that they shine over to that actual drone remember an episode when monica was trying to communicate with wanda inside of the uh inside of the barrier inside of westview she sent in that drone she was trying to communicate with her she didn't realize that it was armored because they didn't tell her that once she's flung that thing out remember she came out and she turned the guns back on hayward she had flung the uh the drone out and all that that's when they're using that, that whole thing that basically gave him the idea to say, you know what? Take all that energy. Let's figure out what it is. And now they can finally get whatever they're trying to power. Powered. Turns out we just got to look at cataract. Now, remember a couple of episodes I told y'all we don't know what cataract is yet, but now it's perfectly clear. Vision, cataract, all the same. That man flipped the switch. And it's the all white version of vision from the comic books that had no emotions, no feelings, nothing. Yes. God. I love everything about this. For those interested, I'll be sure to post on my stories on Instagram. So y'all can see the character that I'm talking about, but they're pulling this, all of this straight from the comics vision. The one we know he's an amalgamation of a lot of different things. He's, Jarvis, he's Tony Stark, he's uh, Bruce Banner, he's uh, Ultron, he's a lot of different things all in one. He's the Mind Stone, all of that together created him. So he had emotions, and you know he had all this different stuff. Even though he was a robot, he was learning, he was evolving. This version, not so much. This one is just straight. I'm ready to kill a bitch. So this basically just set us up for an amazing season finale, and I can't wait for it. Now, y'all know every now and then, I like to give y'all some theories. I got a couple of theories for y'all, just to, I just want to throw them out there. I doubt they come true, who knows? First theory, do we think Agatha is working with Mordo? Now, if y'all don't remember Mordo, if you if you rewatched Cat, uh, Doctor Strange, like I told y'all to this past weekend, if y'all watch Doctor Strange, then you know Mordo is uh. Oh, well, I'm gonna butcher his name. It's uh Chiwetel. Oof, child. Uh, uh Chiwetel, <laughs> the man from Fifty Years a Slave. Y'all, I mean Twelve Years a Slave. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Chiwetel is it four Close enough. He plays Mordo in uh in Doctor Strange. Since we know that Wanda and WandaVision, the show. We know that they're both directly connected to Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, which comes out next year. I feel like maybe that'll connect the two even more. And maybe it'll explain, because we still don't know how Agatha got a hold of that book that she has in her basement, the one that we saw glowing at the end of episode seven, I believe. We don't know how the hell she got a hold of that spell book, why it's down there, but maybe Mordo is the one that gave it to her. Maybe her... Uh, uh, Mordo, uh, Dormammu. Maybe all of them are working together somehow. Maybe Dormammu is gonna be the big bad again in Dr. Strange. I don't know. It's a lot of different ways that can go, but that was something I need to throw out there. Theory number two now, this one okay, this one is a little bit of a stretch, I'll admit. But either in the finale or maybe like at another point in Dr. Strange 2 or something, I don't know. I believe Evan Peters. Who is playing this show's Pietro? Who we haven't seen this episode at all, but we saw him the last episode when he, uh, when he says Snoopers gone, Snoop. You know when he found uh, Monica Rambo creeping outside of Agatha's house. I think that he, when he comes out of his trance or whatever he's in, if this is going along with the theory that you know maybe he's a real a regular person inside of uh, Westview. I think that they're gonna, you know, he's gonna come out of his trance and when it's time to introduce himself, when he has to tell the people his name, he's gonna say, my name is Simon Williams. Now, for those of you who don't know, Simon Williams is Wonder Man. Now, see, we've gotten too much of Wanda and Vision story without Simon Williams. And he's like the third person in this triangle. So we need Simon Williams to pop up somewhere. He is so, like, entangled in this storyline. Like, he's basically in the comic books, how Vision, like, he? that's how he gets his personality almost because they take Wonder Man's brainwaves, I think it is, and they help create Vision. They also, he refused to do it to him the second time after he had turned into that white, sentient being or whatever that he is at the end of this episode. He refuses to actually help him in the comic books. So... Somebody needs to be Simon Williams. I think it's only a matter of time before Simon Williams or Wonder Man actually makes an appearance in the MCU. I'm thinking that maybe Evan Peters is it. Maybe we'll see it. I don't know. I know one thing. I'm ready for the next damn episode. Before I let y'all, you know, let you go, cut class loose, uh before I put y'all in detention, the ones y'all that didn't do your homework, I got a little recommended reading for y'all. So I love the West Coast Avengers. You know how often I push Marvel Unlimited to y'all. If you have Marvel Unlimited like me, then you can get on there and you can read the West Coast Avengers. Now, in West Coast Avengers number 43, that's where you get the whole storyline of Vision turning like basically into that white robot that he turned into at the end of the episode. So if you're curious to kind of see... How the story relates to the actual comic books, you know, the one story we're seeing on screen, how it actually relates to the comic books, if it's similar, if it's way off, or what. Read that comic issue, read a couple more of that, like storyline, maybe one before, one after. Get into it. Like the West Coast Avengers, they gave you a lot of that stuff and they're pulling from a lot of that for this TV show. So if you're curious, because a lot of y'all step into the DMs and the comments. You know, we talk a lot about comics. We talk a lot about the actual movies, about theories, all this kind of stuff. So if you're curious to read a little bit more about this and see how it connects to the show, get Marvel Unlimited or go to your local comic book store and actually find the comic, whichever one you prefer. I always tell people it's two things that I couldn't live without. Well, a couple of things I couldn't live without as far as comic books go. I have Marvel Unlimited because I read way more Marvel comics than I do DC comics. I'm be honest with y'all. I love like the DC TV shows. I do like the ones on CW, you know, they're kind of, they can be hokey, but I, you know, I enjoy them. I I like the Arrowverse. Uh, I love the HBO DC shows. So, you know, get into them if you haven't already. I also have a Marvel, like a physical on my bookshelf, a big ass Marvel encyclopedia. So whenever I need to refresh on a character or an organization, anything, I can just pull that book and do it right there. Bada boom, bada bam, ba bam. That's what Peter Pablo said. I also have a DC one too. I don't open that one nearly as much. But anyway, y'all, that's all I got for you. I've given you everything just like they gave us everything on this episode. As a matter of fact, as soon as I schedule this to publish for, you know, I drop these bonus episodes every Saturday. As soon as I schedule this to publish I'm going to go watch the episode again. Don't judge me, motherfucker. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me housewives marvel podcast at gmail.com also don't forget to follow me on instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast that's at housewives marvel podcast this is kendrick and i'll see you